Alright. Okay. So we shouldn't be on this. I can shift a little more to get that. Oh,
Well, let's see, since I left, I think I've had two more grandkids. So now it's 17. Okay. You win. You win. You win. I, I, you, know, that, you, know, you can't spoil them. You got that many, I'm still being, I'm not the fun Nana anymore. It's like pick up, get out of the way, pick up your towels, pick up your dishes. Eric, you get to sit next to me. Oh, you know, when you're late, you have to sit at the head of the class. Yeah. It's okay, we're having fun. Announcements. So, while you're here, do you have anything that you'd like to share before we start? I do. So, that's what I'll announce. We're working on this evening's presentation out of the Chamber of Commerce for our annual business meeting. Start at 5 o'clock online on Facebook, and it will also include the mayor's speech of the State of the City 2020. That's partly why I'm late, because I was having another videographer trying to set him up on my computer, and then the computer slowed down, and we get the picture. But so we're just really excited about that opportunity to be able to host the mayor's 2020 speech at the Chamber of Commerce. And I'm excited that opportunity doesn't include me this year. All right, everybody's here. Are we ready? Are we, is everything okay? Tyson, how are you? Good. All right, let's call this meeting to or order. This is the Orville City Citizens Oversight Committee, April 15, 2021. It's a special meeting and it's an open session and it's a workshop. Call the order, please. Committee member Gibson? Committee member Smith? Present. Committee member Gerber? Committee member Flipper? Present. Committee member Malone? Here. Committee member Castro? Here. Committee member Seychelles? Here. Committee member Dummer? Here. Committee member Terry? Here. Committee member Quintel? Here. Is that it? Okay. Let's stand for the pledge. And 
what we're going to do, I'll outline it a little bit. You have your, you have your um, agenda and how we're going to do this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on each, each section. And the reason is, the longer time you spend, the more you get out into the weeds. We really want to try and get the nitty gritty of what's the first thing in your mind when you think of things. And you'll see this process play out and you'll really be surprised um, what it looks like when we get to the end. So just trust me with this process and have a lot of fun with it. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. Any questions that might come up so far? If you just really go through with, with me with the process, you'll see at the end what it's going to turn out to be. So right now, what I've asked the department heads to do, and some of the guests that are here, is to give a brief synopsis of what their department does. And also, when it comes to safety in their realm, how does safety in their department intermingle with the public? And some of those things are going to be things that you might not have thought of, but it's going to be important for the entire process. So starting with whatever department head, I'll let them choose, and I think Erin Wright um, is also gonna say a few things. I would, and if there's somebody else here that wants to speak, um, if they're ahead of the department or has something about a department that they'd like to. So, Ruth, Bill, Dawn, Jackie's not, Aaron, is there anybody else that has been slated to speak? Uh, Chief Tins may be asked to speak if you want. Okay, so Chief, so there's what, four or five? And each department has five to ten minutes, I think, so. However you guys want to start, go ahead. And this is a place where you can take notes or um, this is also one of the things, the bullet points have already been given to us, but these are some of the things that they're going to talk about. These bullet points, when it comes to the time allotted that we're going to be putting our thoughts on the pieces of paper, this is where you can go back and reflect on some of what they talked about. Any questions? Okay, first department head, go ahead. Chris, can you join me? Chris, please go first. Thank you all for being here. We do appreciate this. It helps us as we formulate our budget to move forward into the future to have a, a solid definition of what safety is because it's not just the obvious things, there could be other things, support things. Um, I prepared just real. Uh, very simplistic outline for police and fire. I believe police and fire is probably the simplest one to define, maybe one of the most complex things that we do, but it's one of the simplest things, I think, for this committee and for this uh, type of dollars to so, spend on. If you want to be, you're not on the camera, so you may want to stand over by Eric, for example. Well, Chris, why don't you go stand over? He's better looking <laughs> younger. All right. I mean, so, uh, Just so you know, you're not, you're not there. <laughs> So the uh, so the things that we've uh, we've included in our list, which is essentially it'll be the same things for police. I believe fire and chief tins can expand on that if he feels that he needs to or would like to. Um, we believe that you know for the police department the necessary things will be personnel enhancement to improve the weight and delivery of service. 
what I mean by that, that could be anything from personnel to specialized equipment to anything that can allow the police department to provide a um, more weighted response to calls for service uh, when something happens. So instead of just sending a cop in a car, it could be a cop in a car with a specialized piece of equipment. It could be 10 cops and 10 cars. It just depends on what the incident is, what's going on, and what we have available at the time. So that, that's what I mean by that. Personnel safety equipment. That's for, uh, that could be anything as well. Anything from a bulletproof vest to a uniform pant to Sam Brown duty gear. Um, could be uh, anything in the car that's necessary, um, citation books, uh, whatever would be necessary. All of those equipments that support that position, those pieces of equipment. Vehicles is pretty obvious. It could be anything from a patrol car to uh, another specialized vehicle. You don't have um, too many of those types of things in the police service in Orville because it's not that large of an agency that would have those things. We rely heavily upon our partners for those things and our sheriff's department and other larger agencies usually maintain those larger vehicles or groups that we're part of. Facilities would be, of course, our police department, uh, our public uh, safety facility, um, anything that's included in that expansion, uh, necessary uh, remodeling in there, reconfiguration, uh, those types of things. Technology, new technologies have come out. Uh, one of the things that people wouldn't think of in technology was probably 10 years ago. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but when the tasers came out. That would be a new technology in law enforcement. And you can see as the world is going right now, they're discussing different types of technologies for policing that um, moves away from the traditional ones, such as firearms and things like that. They're talking about different types of things now. So that technology became available and uh, was deemed worthy and necessary. That type of technology could be purchased. It could also be uh, a big issue that our police department is going to be facing over the course of this year is the racial profiling of data collection that we're going to be required to do. Uh, we're going to have to update our cars. We're going to have to put in uh, MBT systems, essentially, which is going to also be a cellular-based system. But that comes with an expense because we're required by the Department of Justice now to collect information on each traffic stop, uh, what the perception of the officer is of the individuals as far as uh, gender uh, uh, race and those types of information that must be collected. So that uh, a huge technology thing has to be done by, uh, I believe, December of this year for our department. So we're a little bit behind the curve on that, but we got to get caught up. And then training. Um, as everybody can see, the way the world is now, there's a constant need for training. Uh, uh, the world's changing. We have to uh, recognize that, and we're going to have to police differently and think differently about how. Um, we conduct our business. It can't be the same old day doing the same old thing because uh, we're going to get some disastrous results if we do that. So it's required. Uh, it's not required, but I believe it's necessary to include training on this as well. And I'll let Chief Ten talk about essentially the same list, what that means in the fire world. Bill, what is there yes, a question answered there? Or yeah, I think any, yeah, anytime I think you want to jump in and ask questions, what I mean, that would be helpful to us. I have a couple of questions. Yes, sir. Where is or the police department at um, either policy or in actual place for desires to have body cams and or dash cams? Uh, every officer is equipped with body cam. Uh, there are no dash cams yet. I'm hoping that part of the MDT system with the uh, RIPA requirements will include a dash cam component. And can you kind of use just a quick synopsis, maybe where to find the policy and what the policy is in layman's terms on 
what are the officers required to have a body cam turned on? Uh, body cams are required. The officers are required to have a body cam with them all day long, every day. They're required to turn them on on uh, pretty much every single call. If they get to the point where the call is, um, I'm going to say, uh, not a call that would be necessary to have that on, where there is no confrontation, there is no um, sort of issue where the you know, the cam would be necessary to collect that data, that they can shut the camera off at that point. Um, they are required to have them on. We do have policies in our policy manual that's put out by Lexapol that uh, outlines what those conditions are. Uh, once they do that, it's downloaded, it's stored. Uh, we have a cloud storage-based system where we store all of that and then it's transmitted to the district attorney's office with every single call where there is that video. Thank you. I do have a question too. So um, you said there's an update to the cars with the RIPA, um, which I'm not quite sure most people would know about that. Um, and can you explain it in layman's terms and how much do you anticipate it costing the city uh, I'm anticipating that we're probably looking somewhere between $400,000 and $500,000 to equip the cars, and then we have ongoing costs because the system isn't cheap. It has to be a, uh, technology, a, a technology that we have to do. It has to upload automatically um, so that that data is collected. You know, our other option is we can try to do business the way that we've always done it, where we give them a card, they fill the card out, they put it in their pocket, and then they have to come back to the station to do that. That really reduces the efficiency of your department, and really, you know, we're not going to be in compliance with that because probably I'm just guessing that probably 50% of them will be entered, and the rest will be lost. So we don't want to be out of compliance with that. So it's about 500,000. So I'm, I'm thinking that's probably on the high end, but I just want to—I would rather overestimate instead of coming in low and then keep coming back. Yes, I have a question, Bill. Um, yes. Where does the uh, the CLE? And the pop team fall within this. It would be under personnel. The personnel enhancement. So number one. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So personnel enhancements to improve the weight and delivery of service. Does that also include possibly um, competitive salaries, or it takes that in? So that would be that would be part of the enhancement. You know, big one of the biggest issues that the um, a big issue that our police department is facing right now is that uh, hiring. Um, we are hiring people as quickly as we can, but right now there is a huge shortage of police officers everywhere. It's not just here, um, and we have to be competitive. We have to realize that we have to be competitive with our neighbors too. We we can't be way under market because, you know, uh, it doesn't make any sense. You know, for me, if I were trying to sell my time, if I could drive 15 minutes that way and work and wear tan and green and make you know, 20% more, why would I want to come here if I'm selling my time? So we have to remain competitive in those areas. So once again, this is this is this is their words, our words can be whatever we want up there, but you put it and so just to kind of give you a little you put it in the area that you see where it might fit. Like this would be on, you know, if you had something on one of these categories of going police or code enforcement. Yes, Steve. So currently, where are we on our, our salaries right now? Are we median? Are we high? Are we low? We're, we're probably right now, we're close to being in the ballpark. We're probably on a little bit on the low side. Uh, what we're waiting for is to see some other 
comp uh, surveys have been done with other local agencies, see where they're at and see where they come in. And then it's an unfortunate reality. We have to recognize that we have to be competitive in that market. Okay. He's got 54 seconds left. Any other questions? <laughs> that was with the whole public thing. Yeah. Do I? That was with both of them. Well, we'll give him some more time. <laughs> He's more important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, okay. okay, that was the police department. Okay, so again, introduce myself. I'm Chris Penn, I'm acting fire chief for Hill Fire. Uh, it's kind of going down the list. There's a lot of similarities between police and fire, although we do do two totally different jobs. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but I know that doesn't make sense, but it, but it does. So, personnel enhancement for fire as well. As the city grows, as buildings get taller, uh, as more business comes into town, as more people travel to town and the city annexes, it's important for fire and public safety as a whole to, to try to grow and accommodate that. There's, there's standards we try to meet with, um, you know, one firefighter per thousand people. So that's something that, you know, we need to consider as we annex and grow is, you know, fire needs to grow with that. Um, technology, a lot of technology, same with us. So personal safety equipment for fire is relatively pretty expensive. Um, our PPE only lasts for has a 10-year shelf life, and that's even if we don't use it. Um, so it's important to keep up on that. Um, we wear a multitude of di different types of personal safety equipment, from turnouts to structural firefighting, to aircraft firefighting, uh, to vehicle extrication, car wrecks, um, rescue PPE, hazmat PPE, there's, there's a lot of different stuff we have to keep up with. That doesn't just include what we put on our body, it's rescue harnesses that we may need, um, ropes, um, any, anything that, that would fall underneath that. Um, vehicles, vehicles for, for fire service is very expensive. We always try to look at a cheaper way to provide the service, but at the same time, I think the county as a whole has seen some of the worst of the worst. And I think it's time to start taking some of that pretty serious. And um, the cost of an engine goes up about 20 grand a year. It takes a lot of time to spec it. And it's a lot to outfit that piece of equipment. It's an all-risk service. So if you dial 911 and it's not a law enforcement issue, more than likely it's going to be fire-related. You know, whether that's a hazardous material from a train wreck to if somebody just needs help out off the ground and having the proper equipment to be able to lift somebody up without hurting them and to be able to initiate a process of a, of a possible train derailment or something like that. Um, and to have those kind of vehicles too, um, recently we purchased uh, an ARC uh, that replaced in 1974, but keeping up on, if the airport was to grow and more aircraft's coming in, that's something that the local fire department needs to be prepared for and having the, the, prop, the proper and appropriate uh, equipment and PPE to mitigate those emergencies. Um, facilities, um, facilities. Um, in a nutshell, it, it, it's expanding our resources out further to minimize our, our response times to all community members throughout the city. Um, the one downtown station uh, is in a great location, but eventually the city's gonna have to look at you know, a plan to put resources out further to, to keep those response times down. So we like seeing keep fires um, smaller, start CPR faster. And technology is huge. So uh, one of the, the bigger categories for technology with us is, is not just software, but 
the, the NDTs. Um, Explain that. What is it? It's a mobile data terminal. So. Um, okay, so anybody else didn't know that. It's basically it's a, it's a computer that would go inside the engine, right. and we would keep all of our pre-plans for all the businesses in town and that way we have a heads up and know where the entrances are, the exits are, there's any you know, hazardous materials stored in there. Um, is it a care home with 100 you know, disabled people or, or whatever? That, that information would be given to us through dispatch and we'd have a heads up on that before we even got it seen and kind of start formulating the plan before and we got And you don't there. have that now? We have pre-plans now, but they're, they're outdated and they're really a binder. So we're kind of going through and coming through those. So we need to up the technology on that. Same with our recording system. Um, we we mandate we're mandated to write a report anytime somebody calls us out. So we document their report. We submit it to enters for stats. Um, but also technology of vehicles, um, all the hybrids, electric cars that are coming out. It's important for us to have the proper training, which we'll get down to that one. But um, the proper equipment to to extricate somebody in an electric car versus your standard sedan, gas-powered vehicle, or, or something like that. Technology is changing, and, and it's it's constant training for fire personnel to learn how to disable that that piece of equipment with batteries and shut it down, so we can safely pry the door open to extricate a patient to safety. Um, keeping up on technology for that is is crucial. And uh, lastly, training. Training really fits into to all those categories. So if we get a new piece of equipment, it's important that we provide that training so that our personnel are, are sufficient with that piece of equipment and really a master of that piece of equipment to provide an excellent service. And that's the only way really to do it. And then the, the mandated training that we're just required to go through every year, which is substantial. You know, all of our firefighters are EMTs or paramedics. We provide a BLS service to the community and we have to keep up on that. Our firefighting certificates and then any um, specialized training that's needed. So it's important that we have hazmat guys that work for us, and we at least have one or two hazmat guys on the day. We have rescue guys every single day. We have investigators every single day. Um, the list really goes on. So it's important. It's a very broad, huge service in, in a nutshell of what we need to provide. And all these things, come together to, to make that level of service that the city wants to provide to the community. Okay. I just want to add three things real quick. Cost of firing is approximately $600,000 to have it completely equipped out and have it delivered to us. A Type 6 engine is about three hundred to $350,000, which is a smaller engine. It looks like an F-350 or a 550, something like that, um, equipped with the appropriate equipment. So it's very expensive. The uh, technology I'd like you to consider um, the R that he was talking about has a cap in it. On. Can you define what cap is? It's, it's a compressed air foam system. So it, it's a tank that's filled with water and foam, and then we compress that system with air. And what that does is it puts out more of a muddy foam, and, and it's utilized for specific types of, of, of fuel or fire. And, and an ARF is a, a fire piece of apparatus that's used at the airport for that type of aviation type of uh, fires. But what's important about that to consider that as technology is the cost of the foam for this product, as opposed to our old one, is about what fifty dollars for you know a thousand gallons. It's two hundred dollars for every two hundred gallons versus almost ten thousand for the old system. So we improve technology. And when I go down this list, this doesn't mean that everything's going to cost more. It's just something we have to keep up with. We're looking at 
cheaper ways to do it. But as I said, the, the, this county's seen the worst of the worst. So, you know, we want to prepare for that and not cut. And then the last thing I just want to touch on real quickly is just please uh, keep your mind open to the fact that all of these are um, essential things that we need to do, but they all require support. I mean, they just don't happen. So there are people in the background working to support all of these activities. So I, just, I think it's important that we include them. Yes, sir. Uh, just in relation to expanding facilities and staff shortages, can you tell, do you have plans to deal with or the Elmadale station and the Elmadale staff? Are you hired any of them? Uh, we are, are working on that, but we're working with LAFCO on that. We're going through a process to see what exactly we can and can't do with that right at this point. They are, the building? The building and everything to see what we're going to do with the district. I mean, the, the board is still interested in trying to um, reopen and come back, um, but don't know if that's economically feasible, but we're trying to work through that process now. We'd very much like to get that open just as soon as we could. I know it was a volunteer station, but did they have full-time staff that are hireable for more of a fire department? Yeah, we, we fired many of them <coughs> through the years. I, I came from there uh, years ago. Now I'm just talking about the closing. They're out yeah. work now, and we need staff. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think that, you know, as we go through that, we just recently had a, a hiring process, and I'm not sure if any of the individuals from there applied, but yes, they, uh, I believe they do have personnel that would be qualified to come to work. Do you have a process where they could apply outside of normal testing for a lateral? I do not believe we have a normal pro testing process for that because we only had entry level positions that we were hiring for last time. So we're actually um, starting to run the high schedule now, so we need to keep moving. Um, thank you for the questions. Who's the next one that's up? Okay. Um, I oversee the Community Development Department, and that department is made up of seven divisions. And so for Community Development, we don't look at public safety necessarily as police and fire. Our public safety um, comes with accessibility and connectivity, um, environmental. Yeah. Do we have a paper related to your? Yeah, hers is the big one. The PowerPoint presentation. Thank you. Because it's a lot of information. <laughs> um, we deal with environmental health, the immediate and long-term community um, health and safety. So first is our planning division. And our planning division focuses on the general public health and safety and welfare through um, zoning. Uh, our, we follow our general plan, and our general plan is set out for 30 years so that we have uh, it's a guiding document that gets our community to develop in a way that is beneficial and zoning is all connected cohesively. Our engineering division manages our capital projects that involve construction of the infrastructure um, that improve and protect our community, such as our roadways, our sewer collection system, and they review the plans and maps for new developments. Um, commercial and residential. Our building division ensures that structures are built to the um, California code and our local municipal code. And so those permits for construction are reviewed and inspected and verified for compliance. Um, the building codes establish a minimal level of protection that safeguard against fire, earthquakes, and disasters. Our code enforcement department 
uh, is a key player. They address code violations throughout the city, including zoning, um, code, and conditional use permits. And they interface with the general public to address um, any zoning issues or code issues there. Um, they are um, also remove abandoned vehicles, they clean up blighted properties, and they coordinate special community cleanup projects, as you've seen in South Warville and throughout town. Our parks division uh, is in charge of providing essential environmental uh, recreational benefits to our city. They provide gathering places so that families and social groups can get out and recreate. Uh, they enhance property values with our parks uh, and they maintain the safety of our parks and the park equipment and restrooms. Our trees division maintains over 10,000 city trees within our public ways and parks and open spaces. These trees um, reduce temperatures by providing shade, which is essential. They remove diseased trees or dangerous trees in the parks and the public right of way. And they coordinate with our streets division for repairs to do it, um, tree roots, and things of that nature. Our streets division maintains over 91 miles of paved streets. Uh, there, I mean, there's a whole list 40 miles of curb and sidewalk, 79 individual alleyways. So our streets division is hard at work all the time, filling potholes, making sure that our sidewalks are. Um, taken care of, there's no trip hazards, things like that. Our sewer division maintains approximately 66 miles of sewer gravity mains, 1,200 manholes, uh, and they routine, routinely monitor these sewer lines for obstructions to make sure that there are no hazardous uh, backflows or sewage spills throughout the community. And that's it. Good job. There's a lot of stuff that belongs to hurt and covers that most people don't see um, for a stop that actually is safety that concerns the public. And um, when you sit in the shoes of a city council person and you sit on some of those committees, it can just be mind-boggling sometimes the amount of work that they do behind the scenes that you're not really aware of on a day-to-day -day basis. So thank you, Don. That was Really good. So, I have a couple of quick questions. Okay. Uh, on the code enforcement section, I know one of the problems with cleaning blighted properties earlier was that we didn't have not only the money but the money right. to pay for that cleanup ahead of time uh, and then put a lien against the property owner. Are we in that area? We've got staff, we have the money. So, we are working towards staffing up our code enforcement department so that we can be more proactive with those blighted properties. We're actually in the hiring process right now um, uh, for hiring four more code enforcement officers. We are um, working with our legal uh, team to develop a very specific and um, concise process to work through that from uh, compliance to recovery of dollars that the community has to spend to do that. So we are developing that program. It's been um, a very loosely ran program up till now that we're trying to really tighten that down so there's a very good process. That was a good question because for years we just didn't have the money. And once again, it takes backroom people to make that happen. 
and a lot of paperwork and, like you said, legal team, court dates, um, Bruce department. And this, this next question might be more for Bill, I don't know, but it's in the streets. So I thought at some point at some city council meeting five, six months ago or something, you had mentioned a new type of paving that we were going to be doing on some streets like Myers. And I thought Feather River Boulevard was one of those. But we just repaved it looks to me like normal paving. It, it is asphalt. We had talked about roller compacted concrete out there, mm -hmm. but when we got to looking into roller compacted concrete, more and more our engineers advised against it because there had been some issues with it not setting properly and just, it, you know, it wasn't working out to quite what they thought it was going to be. It seemed like a good idea because it was a, a stronger, more durable um, type of material, but the issues that they've had along the way just haven't been real good. Plus, right now, the cost of concrete is more than asphalt, so it's more expensive product as well. I just want to put the other issue is serviceability too. So if we have to do repairs or there's additional piping or whatnot, the roller compact of concrete is a big deal to cut into versus asphalt. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So, a couple of quick comments or questions. Um, okay, Kate, Kate was actually okay. had her hand up next, and then Kate. Um, you know, I have always been very supportive and very vocal about the hard work that all of you do, and I am I have a binder full of your work, and this is just the one I could carry. Um, that being said, there for me, there is a huge disconnect between all of this and what taxpayers may or may not be actually seeing and commenting on. And my biggest concern is, for example, clean up parks vandalism to prevent public harm. We've been putting our little stickies on there for years that the bathrooms need to be cleaned up. We all know that. What can we do to bring to the public eye yeah, you called about that pothole on 3rd Montgomery and we fixed it. Something more down-to-earth, tangible, visible for our citizens and our taxpayers. Because unfortunately, it's much easier to get on Facebook and say everything you're doing wrong than it is to say, yes, the problem was resolved. And I like to see us work together to somehow communicate in a way. I don't know what it looks like or how it is, but visibly, tangibly see things that are happening and vocalize them. Right, and you're correct about that. There's a lot that our staff does do that goes unseen, and that's why our PIO, Jordan, is trying to increase our posts on Facebook as to what's being done um, with our sewer division. They're out in the middle of the night inspecting lines to make sure that our sewer is functioning properly. That's a continuous job that people don't really know happens. Potholes are being filled continuously. I'll see a pothole one day before I tell public works it's filled. They're so on top of it that the public doesn't see that. And so with the parks, those bathrooms are maintained routinely on a schedule, but it is an uphill battle because of the vandalism that takes place on a regular basis. So it's it's we just continue on a reactive basis to try to correct these, but we are again trying to beef up our Facebook campaign as to what's being done so that the public is aware. So thank you. Thank you. 
So, I mean, and you bring up a good point, and we used to have people that, you know, maybe it's a volunteer effort to take the, you know, in the, in the day of the selfies, take a selfie in the middle of the night with what they're doing, or <laughs> another bathroom's been vandalized and fixed, and if somebody sees any activity, you know, see something, say something, so we can stay on top of it, but, you know, maybe have just a positive page, you know, a positive page for that. Um, not not necessarily the city page or just what's happening positive around what the city employees do maybe it takes somebody like you to start a new page that new people right you come up with great ideas that's what happens so you know as opposed to these are all you know because you sit on a couple of committees and you're very active and it would be probably a great thing for you to get with jordan maybe and say give me all the positive pictures that you have of what the city's done this week. You know, the fun stuff that happens behind the scenes, um, the good things that happen behind the scenes. So at least you have pictures to say, you know, quit, you know, quit saying nothing happens when there's so much that's happening. That's a good idea. I would run with that if I were you. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. All right. I'll uh, keep my mouth shut. Yes, Dave. A couple extra bit on septic or excuse me, the sewer. So do we have plans to extend these sewer uh, lines? I know we manage a bunch of new outside areas, Lemon Hill and other areas that don't have sewer. So we get new we're getting new people building houses in there. And if they're three hundred feet I believe away from a manhole or a line then they can go ahead and put a septic tank in. So we've got new septic tanks being put in in the city limits. We should be having sewer lines, battles Right. If it's in the city limits, then they can re or petition or request to have that investigated and connected to sewer. Um, if it's in the county and it, if their septic system fails, if they are within, I think, 150 to 300 feet, then they could be annexed into the city limits to be connected to the sewer. Um, as far as expansion, we have a sewer master plan that we have had for um, many years, our engineers were visiting that plan to update it to see what the immediate locations are that need expansion. One of our immediate locations would be um, an expansion of the Tiddy Boulevard line uh, out to Garden Drive. Um, but we still are looking at that as far as priorities for expansion. And expanding our collection system, you know, we have to really be careful and thoughtful sure. about that because we have a limited number of um, capacity yeah. at our mm -hmm. treatment facility. So, right. and we are, and that's going to be probably, you know, it's not our responsibility, but we are part of the JPA for that. So you're talking probably $100 million to expand that plan. Mm -hmm. And we're down to somewhere in the right around 2,000 EDUs. The EDU is mm -hmm. typically with one household. Mm -hmm. Um, left in capacity at that plant, so we just have to be really thoughtful about how we do that. Um, so not, well, Bell Verona is out south side, which is just a sewer, big, large sewer system um, that needs to be dealt with, and then the I and I issues that, that both city and Lopet are dealing with now. I'm sitting on that committee, and I mean there needs to be a, a bigger plan. The, the city annexed a lot of these properties in, but I don't see a game plan for. Tying them all into the sewer system. So I did sit on SCORE for eight years. I know that there is restrictions and mandates with the state that they're up against having to change and expand. Right. Expensive to build. It is. Just, um, to, just to be helpful uh, for the committee, 
each year the city does allocate approximately $250,000 to slip lining of pipes to get rid of, to try to help reduce infiltration and intrusion of uh, outside water into the system because when it becomes inundated with it during the rainy season, it's a very um, challenging issue for our wastewater plant. Which is a safe, you know, it's one of those safety issues that affects the public tremendously that is kind of unseen. I know the JPA is, you know, I found it, um, you know, it might not be a very popular conversation, but it really needs to be revisited um, just in general because we can't really, our hands are tied as a city because we're only one entity. And it, to make any decisions on that JPA, it has to be 100% of all three entities. And some entities don't want to pay higher prices. Therefore, they vote no. Um, and in my opinion, if we're really collectively considering the safety of the community as a whole and into the future, um, we have to take those things into consideration. And I think as one of the larger entities on the JPA, um, we're, it's, it's a disservice to our community because we can't really expand uh, without the approval of SCORE and doing expansions. But with that said, they actually are up against, you know, they have to, they have to upgrade and improve. And to add something to that, so everyone understands real estate, that market, and impact every one of us as a homeowner. It's a fact that our sewage system does not reach out to all corners of the city. Mm -hmm. So the 300 foot, I believe you're correct on that. And if I'm a property owner, I want to develop it, and I have less than an acre, I can't really even put a septic system on. They're coming up with these new engineered systems that are very expensive and environmental health is improving. But you know, we really probably don't want that. We really want a uh, modern city sewer system. Then that's $100 million to build it. So then there is the quandary of how to get that done. And I don't even think Measure U is set up to, or designed to deal with that. But I mean, it is a big, you know, moving forward as we want to develop our city and have new, um, Consider sewer public safety. Yeah. Okay. See, so there, there we go. We have we have somebody that's got something they're going to put up there. But it's it's the, it's the doll it's the dollars. I mean, this is you know we look at what we have actually coming in um, to measure you and all the different dynamics that need to be addressed. I just think that there's probably more appropriate funding sources for. I mean, I don't know what that would be per se, but it's a big hundred million dollars is a big price tag. But I totally agree with you. I mean, I look at stuff like that all the time personally. That's why I'm up on that. Um, and man, we just we need to brainstorm on how to how to get that done if we're going to move forward and develop our city and provide quality service and be able to expand all those things. And once again, it's not completely the city's decision, and that's where the JPA comes in, and they'll get bonds for it. And I'm sure Mr. Lando over there could put a couple of sentences on this, but it's a complicated situation because they, you know, some some people that sit on the board at SCORE don't necessarily want people um, that have been on the system for 80 years to pay any of the increase for the new facility. And that's not necessarily right, I don't think. I think it's like if we're going to improve our community as a whole for the safety of the community as a whole, that everybody pay their proportionate share. We've been working with uh, Cal OES and FEMA too, um, working from the perspective that we've had a large um, influx of people because of mm -hmm. uh, fires and things into the city, which our tree, uh, treatment facility is not doesn't have the capacity. The right. right. for that. We, we're, we're working. Yeah, that's exactly. We're trying to work into that. 
Also, the Community Development Block Grant has a disaster recovery component for infrastructure, and so we're working with the state on yeah. that as far as expansion of that facility. And and I guess to, I guess from my point, I think that would love this. In other words, these dollars, I like to see it more towards police, fire, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then these big, huge projects would be great to be able to fund it through these resources. But it absolutely needs to happen. So, and, and in a situation like this, and I agree because there's other buckets of money. In a situation like this, though, is it considered public safety if somebody wants to say, "I would like some of the dollars." And measure you to be spent on researching what the city can do to enhance the sewer system for the future of our community. Now the groundwater contamination is a big part of so, impacted properties on subjects. And then with, with our thought in this workshop, then you know it's up to the council and the staff to scratch their head. You know, if we put it in a smart enough goal written like this is a concern of us. You know, maybe it falls in the top ten. That they'll say, you know what, we might put a little more effort into that. Um, but like I said, especially when it comes to the sewer, and then we need to move on. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to that, and the funds come out of the fees that you pay if you're connected to the sewer. It does not come out of the city's um, accounts. And the fact is that our sewer rates have been artificially low for so long, it has never put a lot, enough money aside to enhance the system. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. And besides that, the standards change continuously. Yes. So even even if nobody connected, you're going to have to invest hundreds of millions of dollars, literally, to and keep up with the changing regulations. And that's on SCORE, the JPA, which a city has one seat out of three, and I can tell you in eight years, there was not a consensus to move forward to increase the rates to help with this situation. So, there you go. So one, let's, one more quick comment. Trees, 10,000 trees. The insurance company didn't want me to cut my oak tree down. Well, that's <laughs> your, that's your. <laughs> I, I decided it's kind of ironic. Yeah. 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 You, grow trees, but they you and me and down. everybody else. Okay, so now we've had the presentation. There are, Aaron, I would like for you to come up. And I had asked Aaron um, if he would like to speak a little bit because, you know, all the years that I sat with the council, um, there were, you know, it's, it's um, we overlap. We have the river, we have the walks, we have the island in the middle of the river, right? Right? That falls under state parks responsibility or voting and waterways or all of us. And nobody claims responsibility. And this is one of these things that we're, you know, I asked him what was, what does he deal with with the safety that deals with the public that overlaps with us? And so I thought Aaron would have some insight. So I kind of took this basically what things that we do for public safety that may not be the, the standard law enforcement fire department responses. Because mm -hmm. obviously that is a huge critical point. But some of the things that we look at for keeping the park safe in our areas is lighting. Lighting is always a big issue. That deters people from going where they want to be. It, they don't want, you don't want people to look at hide. Um, we also do a watch and present or get visitation to increase. Because what we've seen throughout the system and throughout where I worked on the state, the more good visitors and actual park users coming in, bad people don't want to be around them. They avoid those areas. Mm -hmm. If they, they want to go someplace they can hide, they can't be seen. So when you have normal park users, they usually avoid those areas. 
So trying to increase visitation. So I have people doing community outreach to increase visits or visitation. So that way we have positive users, big groups to help kind of tour that. But that's a, a body. That's something that's going to do that work. Because it's not easy for me. Eric from the chamber attest to that. It's not an easy thing. It does cost. You want to make sure that the vegetation is clear and clean. So that way you have line of sight. People can't hide. They can look through, and you can see when people are walking behind a bush, or that there's not a good spot to hide. It deters people from wanting to go in those areas. Um, so veg vegetation management is a huge thing. Also with the fire perspective. If you have tall brush and that type of stuff, there's that into the safety as well. Uh, good signage. If you have signage in different places that kind of tell you, hey, here's where you're at, here's how to go to get help, here's resources. Surprisingly enough, that signage makes a difference. Or if you do get hurt, it allows people to get to those spots sooner and say, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a trail somewhere between this green bridge and I see the highway. That doesn't tell you much. But if you have someone, hey, I'm at mile marker 22, that tells you you can do work. And we have 91 miles in just the city of of trails. Uh, call boxes are useful in some areas. Or they can just hit that button and just get in the sense of security. And it may go to the dispatch and may go to another call center. Um, but those are things that may be a spot where people can go get help, they don't have their cell phone, they need stuff, and those, they're usually what lit. Uh, it kind of ties in the lighting. Um, the camera systems, that's really labor intensive and can be expensive, but it also provides you with a way to look at what's going on without having staff there all the time. And it deters people. I mean, how many times do we put cameras around homes, mm -hmm. facilities? And I know with the parking lot, if we have cameras coming to the entrance, it deters a lot of people. They don't want to go past those cameras. Or just having somebody at the entrance station deters people from wanting to go past them because they don't want to interact with people. Most of the criminals, most of the homeless that we deal with don't want to be around other people. They want to hide, they want to be in their own spot. Um, so we look at changing sprinkler settings. It's not really a cost issue, but when you have sprinklers that go off at 2 in the morning or 2 or 3 times at nighttime, people don't want to camp here because their sprinklers are going to go off. And that's one of the ways we've gotten rid of homeless or dealt with that. Uh, obviously, cleanup and repair frequency needs to be up top. Um, we really do buy into the broken window theory, and, and I've watched it throughout the department. If we have any kind of vandalism, any kind of issue, staff gets in there, they clean it up. In fact, a lot of the peace officers get frustrated because they clean up so fast we don't even get to it before they actually have it repaired. But when things are in good order, they look good. People are more likely to maintain them, take care of them, be taking pride in them. When they look like crap or when they're just not in good repair, there's less likely you're going to increase in vandalism, increase in issues. So it's actually would have saved money, but it, it does cost initially. I know when I started my career, I left Fresno PD, and the first park I went to was Folsom, and one of the park units was just really in disrepair, and we really hammered the, the visitation or the issues, and maintenance staff at that point gave me a hard time. And after about six months, they started to realize they could do those projects, do those extra things to improve the facilities, because they weren't just doing vandalism repairs and fixing the construction. Um, the other big thing is counting and putting in counters so you can compare resources. So putting in people counters. And there's you can put counters on your trail systems to actually look at where your traffic's at. So you know, counters. hey, counters. Yeah, I'm sorry, traffic counters are yeah. but for people yeah. or horses or bikes. And there's counters now that can tell you is it a bike rider, is it a person on foot, is it a skateboard, and different things. But you can also prioritize your resources. And with the state, we don't have enough resources either. And so that's one thing we look at is where are the ball, where's the ball of visitation? I'm going to put a lot more resources in where I have 100,000 people versus five. So I mean, that's something that you can do to prioritize. You can also look for trends in different activities. 
um, or see that, hey, yeah, at two in the morning, we have this influx of people for some reason. It could be because the bar is for whatever, but it allows you to realize that you have an activity going on um, that you may not be able to see. Um, the biggest thing is just, like I said, reducing the opportunities for people to commit the crimes. So being well lit, having people present, having vegetation where you can't hide. Um, those are kind of the big things we do with the state parks, trying to go quickly. So I mean, it's more of a holistic view. And, and obviously, law enforcement fires a huge aspect, but those are some of the things that we look at that might help with measuring you. So a couple things that you brought up that, are, are you done? Sure. So a couple things that I would have never even thought of. First of all, we did have cameras once upon a time, and we couldn't get the connectivity. I'm thinking that might be better now. We but, still have them. Huh? We still have them. Yeah, so I mean, just really going back after that. But the traffic counters, um, you know, the vegetation management, it's like we just all assume that it's going to be done. It's going to be done. A lot of times it's volunteer staff, but how much it detours, like you said, the people that you don't want there. And then um, for me, kind of like the, the good visitor, good visitors, you know, like promoting the parks, K on your site, good visitors, make good communities, make good community parks, that type of thing. It's making I mean, making them feel welcomed, and making people that are trying to do the current, the criminal activities or desirables that you don't want having to keep moving, make them uncomfortable. They don't want to be around normal people, cops. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, we, we see it. I watched Urban. I talked to Sean from Featherbrook Park District. We see the same thing. Those areas that they have a lot of people, they don't seem the homeless as near as much, right. as much. Right. You're not going to it completely, but when you stay on top of it, it really makes it easier to maintain, and it's kind of twofold. Question for Bill, just real quick. Uh, I know we had some years ago developed that camera system, and the concept behind it was citizenry uh, monitoring. So that, you know, if I'm sitting at home and I want to watch Montgomery and the bird or whatever, uh, people could do that, kind of help an extra set of eyes, comrade. Uh, so that, uh, where are we at on that? And then I want to know if I wear a, a horse costume, can I trick it? <laughs> Uh, I Unless you have issue you wearing horse costumes. Or I just want to horse around. That's not the answer. The answer to the question with the cameras, the issue with that is, yes, we can provide that, but it's not real time. It would be behind real time because of the penalties we'd have to make and our access to DOJ and those types of things. We can't make our system vulnerable that way, so we'd have to run it after the fact. So until we find a way to gate that so that we can actually uh, stream it out live time, um, we just never have developed that because the technology hasn't kept up with us. So I have a question then for Aaron on that because I, we were, I was knee deep in that camera thing and we had a really good name for it at the time. It really had to do with the positive, like keeping, you know, the community safe type thing. But Aaron, when you talk about camera systems and or traffic, Counters. Let's start with the camera systems. Who, how, how many do you have it, like in, in this area in your state regions, and who monitors those, and what type of things come up on them? So we have multiple different types of systems throughout. Because I have the district that covers from Oregon and Yuba City, right? And we have different systems for different areas. For Orville, we have a camera system basically at every one of the kiosk stations, at the entrance stations. We have cameras that are remotely placed that aren't for public use or knowledge mm -hmm. that we can track and they just randomly take pictures and we get things from, I mean, bears swimming across the river to uh, people off-roading and doing different things. I mean, it's, 
you can get the a wide variety. Uh, and then we also have some areas where we actually have somebody in the kiosk monitoring those cameras for us. Um, that's labor intensive. And, yes. and we don't do that very often, but we do have some of those locations too. So it depends on what the city wants and what you guys are trying to get from it. We also have the, the live webcams that allow you people to look at the diversion pool, the spillway. Right, right. And, and so I mean, we have different setups for what the purpose is. And it, it, really to see, you have to determine what you want from it. Is see, it in my mind, and this is where my mind is going, is like looking at the vandalized parks, bathrooms again, I want to catch those people. And that, that would be my thought for one of my stickers that this, you know, that would be a good use of a camera to catch the activity that's going on at two o'clock in the morning and then right afterwards, you know, the sinks are broken. And that's really gonna be one, and I think Bill brought that up, is if you have a system, and there's different laws, I mean if you have a system that's open for public view, that's one type of system, but if you have one that's being used for law enforcement or public safety, mm -hmm. and you have someone monitoring it. I mean, that has its own complications and own, own laws. And mm -hmm. I know for the cameras that we have at certain locations, we have to keep those those records, and that takes more memory, which is more money as well, Right. for extended periods. So, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. It depends on what you want to get from it and how much do you want to spend on the system. Okay. Well, a lot of people don't realize that when you have a public camera like that, there's laws that require that you retain all those video images for a minimum of a year. So because it's very possible, it's not just buying a camera, then you have to buy the storage system for video evidence. Because if nothing happens, you can't just not record it, because you could have a major incident and try to hide it by saying, oh, there was nothing, so we didn't record that. So any public view cameras have a mandatory retention period with the images. Right. And this would be set up, I mean, there, there's definitely lots of set up on how do you want to do that, though. Okay. Um Thank you very much, Erin. I am on a couple of different committees, and this is exactly, from one taxpayer's perspective, exactly what I think Measure You Money, that 1%, was exactly for all of these things that you've just said. And I really want to thank you for that, and um, and also see if you'll speak in our, uh, another meeting I have next week. <laughs> right. No, thank you. Right. That's, this, We've done this. I'm, I'd love to see some tangible. I think the big thing that we do in this community, I mean, I've had meetings with Bill. I mean, we all try and network work together, and I think that's the right. most critical thing. Uh, oh. it, it is, our trail is interconnected with everybody. Yeah. And you look at the map, right. it goes from, I mean, that, the Green Bridge, it goes literally from city to county to state yeah. within feet. So it right. is. Right. I also want to say the Downtown Business Association is also doing a lot of this work for our downtown in the line of sight, in cameras, in lighting. I don't know the details exactly, but I do know they're making a lot of progress. So there are groups working together. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to wrap it up with Ruth. And um, we're a little bit behind schedule. We're still OK. But what I think we're going to do is when Ruth um, is done with hers, we'll take a short break. And then during that time, I'll give you a little bit of time also to think about some of the things you've heard here that you're going to only spend a very short period of time, putting your thoughts down on paper, getting it on there, and then we'll do another little exercise after that. So Ruth, you got the last, is there any, have I missed anybody? Ruth, you get the final. <laughs> so Which, I wrap up everything. Okay, okay, I'll be quick. So I oversee all the support departments. So 
in order to do all these things, there's people behind the scenes doing the recruiting for these new positions. There's the payroll that has to be done. Um, all of the the reports I put together for this meeting has to be done. Uh, when we first got the district tax, it was a huge uh, packet from the California Department of Tax and Fee that I had to put together just to register our tax so that we could start collecting it. There's been a, a lot of time and hours, and none of that time is allocated to Measure U. Uh, it's all been added to the general fund, so we might have to change that in the future. But anyway, so we. Um, we do in the finance department, we receive the money, we write the checks when it's done. Um, it's, it's amazing. So on the front end, we're helping with the hiring and everything, but usually we see things on the back end, like the, the check requests that come through sometimes, and I see how many abandoned vehicles we've towed in the last two weeks. It just, it's a lot. It, it's amazing all the things that we're doing. I've had my first five years in this position, we didn't have any money. Yeah. So it was like there was no projects, there was no, the biggest uh, challenge we had was budgeting. And now we're ramping up and we're doing purchase orders for all these projects. And it's been really exciting. But um, I put together some things in the finance department. We obviously pay the money, we write the checks, um, we assist with these meetings. We also upload some of that into our transparency portal. And we handle payroll in the finance department. In the human resource department, we're recruiting and onboarding for these new positions. Um, they're coordinating all of the health benefits and the pension benefits, and they're also handling the risk management for the projects that are going on. And then the IT department, it touches everything. It, it actually is, is one of the backbones of the city to make everything work. But they're overseeing the software, they're overseeing the equipment we purchase, and they're providing a technology service to all the departments. So for everything you see going on, um, we're visual, just a little bit of that comes down to the support department. Perfect. Anybody have any questions for Ruth? Okay. So now, um, has everybody gathered mentally something new today? Anybody come? I mean, I heard something new that I would not have thought of on my own to say, you know what, I think I want some of that in my top 10. Anybody? Well, good. I guess I'm the only one. Yeah, so. I don't know about this, though. Sorry? I have a question about this. Are these budgets actual, just 1%? So in the other the other um, report that you did, say capital asset replacement fund and capital improvement fund of seven hundred and fifty thousand, that's somewhere in here. No, that has been allocated to those funds and then these have been used out of those funds. The rest of the stuff, this is still sitting there for future projects. Yeah, I'm trying to So and with that, the capital assets fund, I know once again, we had no money forever. And there was nothing there. And now that there is, it's just a miracle. So are they being funded? Anybody can answer this. Are they being funded at this moment in time 
to legitimately replace the vehicles that need to be replaced in a timely manner. Yes, we're looking into that. So during the last year, you saw a couple fire trucks come or some these vehicles mm -hmm. come, but now we're, we have formed a committee and we're actually sitting with the, the fleet manager Got it. and we're going to, we're planning on three police cars a year. We, heard from a lot of the departments on their needs. So we're actually trying to do that annually instead of all during the year and we need this, it's emergency. So we're actually going to be more proactive going in the future and purchasing things as they need to be replaced, not when they broke down and it's just an emergency. So that would be a complete capital assets to continue to fund appropriately. And that's how, you know, just to expand on that, how we do our budgeting is we will look at everything that comes in that meets that and say we need to put a million dollars into the capital asset fund and then we'll put a million dollars in there and then through the years we purchase these things that will come out of this. Each year, yes, we are allocating a certain number of dollars into the capital. We were so behind. Yeah. Because we hadn't been doing it that we were millions of dollars behind and, and being able to fund future purchases. Okay. Okay, so let's stop here. Everybody's asked their questions. Let's take a um, 10 minute recess and then we're going to come back and for 10 minutes, you're going you're gonna to write down the things that you feel measure you money should be spent on based on what we've heard or something else. But you're going to put it on the area that you think it belongs. Yes. I just remind everybody that during the 10 minute break, this is still live. So your side conversations will still be picked up. Just a word to the wise. Well, as long as it's not in the ladies' room, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's take a 10 minute recess. I know you do. Oh, and that's why you should start your own journal. This is where
Well, it has to be really Yeah, I think it's the 
something about traffic counters. It's not specifically where, how, how much, when. It's not that. That's not for us to decide today. It's just it's get our thought up on the board. So you have seven minutes. She's going to start it. No talking. Write as many as you can on your post-it notes. And then after that, you're going to take your post-it notes and your same thing. No talking. You're going to go up there and put them on Whichever one you think it applies to. And if you have the same thought for three or four of them, do that. 
Is that clear? So cameras and lighting, there's everywhere. So I write 10 stickies? Well, no, you can do that with, where is, um, I mean, it's parks, it's so police, what, it's fire, it's code enforcement. So it would, it would fall under his community development, and I asked John to break them apart. We got information technology in there. Sorry, the information <coughs> IT is under administration, so that would make cameras might be an IT thing, because you know, that would cover that covers all of the So it's a good point. What you can say is, I want it on all of them, and then you know what? We might make a separate sheet for that, just for cameras. I just right as an example because this is what we're going to find out okay. when when everybody has their thought, and you're going to say, Wow, there's like ten of them in the same spot. Okay. Seven minutes, here we go. If I have to put my glasses on to see those, I'd take them off the sleeves.
down to a minute and a half.
That's the next exercise. Who would like to be helpful? So let's say I need three people to come and cluster them. Whoever saw the movie iRobot? That's like one of my favorite movies, right? Where all, all of the like get together with each other. So it's going to, somebody take these four here. Somebody take those four, and then somebody take those three. And I want you to combine them with light. <clears throat> like how many up here belong together? And you kind of cluster them together. If they all say the same thing, similar, then they all stay, you know, they just all create a little cluster. And then, then I will come and take one final step and look at it, see if anything needs to really be moved someplace else. And then we're going to circle it, and we're going to name it. Like we did the last time. Like we did the last time. Who wants to, who wants to volunteer? Don, would you? Point like me in the direction you want. Um, 
Why don't you go over to Code Enforcement Fire, please? Linda, I loved what we did last time, but between what we did here and then the next report, I think we lost some of this detail. I would like to see us somehow not, I know I'm the micromanager, but not go as broad. There's some great ideas up here. It's not just pop. Like, I love pop, but pop with code enforcement. I'm like, whoa, I don't so, want to lose that. So this, and this might be something really good for you as one of the committee members. So what's going to happen is this is all going to be, see Don's kind of put them together. I need another person up here who wants to volunteer for this. I can't, I can't talk and do both. So. Um, so the ideas that come out of this, what, what really the next step would be, which we don't have time for today, but it's also not necessarily the responsibility of this committee. We're giving the ideas. We can present this to council. You're more than welcome to do that, saying here's the idea, but we haven't flushed, we haven't flushed out the ideas that each individual had because the next step would be, but see we're all individuals, the next step would be is we all come to a consensus of what that meant. Is that what we didn't do last time then? Oh, it's not really, because a consensus, we can do that, but we're not the voters on it. We're not the ones, it's, it really is, when it, what we really want what you really want is you to want say, to get the bylaws out on that. You want what we want to see is that the city council and the city staff gets a wide range of the, the community's thought. So for us to come to a consensus on it isn't necessarily fair to Steve if he meant something different than you. So how is that translated then? It's translated by what we wrote up there. And if we can, if, if your thought on there is clear enough, then they understand it. Like mine, you know, mine said, I would like more um, police available for the community, the sidewalks, the parks, and the schools. That's, that's pretty self-explanatory of what I would like to see some of this money used for. I would like to have the cameras Re-established. Well, that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to say I want one on this street and I want you to put ten thousand dollars in it and on this. That's not what we're trying to achieve today. We were trying to achieve after presentation what we really thought Measure U could be spent on, and that's where we're stuck today. Since these are anonymous and public record, can I take a picture of this? But have they been? I want. I want the broad. I want the details. Well, you're going to get all the details. They're going to print it out for us too. Okay. I'm not sure anything. Where is 
the map guy. The map guy. Mm -hmm. so thank you for sharing with us. So yeah, this is another one of our public safety tools as well. Should we use more often to check the safety parts? <laughs> it looks like he's right above us now because you've got that view. Mm -hmm. Have you guys used it in law enforcement for like somebody jumping right out of a car and the police chasing um, we haven't used it for that yet, but we did use it uh, last week or the week before when there was an accident at the corner of Mitchell and Myers. Please use one time also to search the Olive Orchard, Table Mountain, and uh, Grand Avenue for the individual. That's a good usage. Mm -hmm. So does he operate this from one location and he's kind of real quick parameter? No, he goes out remotely and so currently I think he um, he started up above the olive orchard at Table Mountain and Grand so I think he might be set up in that location. Okay, who had the green? Who had the dark green? Who was that? Dark green? Was that one you? Because you wrote like 
three different things on each one that pertain to different stuff. You didn't follow directions. Oh my God! You're just holding on. Turn them apart and use some scotch tape. But really, what I meant was go ahead and go to technical fire and police. So we tried to put it in an area that it really. Maybe I should have, but I, what I meant it was was for police and fire. Those three thoughts were for police. So we, because one of them was all about IT. There's a lot of IT. If you want it on police okay. and fire, which I did the same thing, write two of them. Okay. Tech information. Because you had like hire more, train them more, and buy equipment. And those are three different things. But you get the point, right? So you get the point. So here we are. Here we are with can anybody point out something that has a lot on it that you'd like to chat about right out of the gate? It's almost 12 o'clock. And here's here's what I'll tell you about. So over here, we're gonna name them, Jackie. So, what did you call these? You have a staffing. So, staffing is this big one. Programming, meaning what is the staff going to do? And training. 
I thought that was pretty good, right? We have a staffing, programming, and training. The staffing, let me read what everybody said. You have more boots on the ground, walking patrol, pop team, lots of them, community police for youth, i.e. schools, axiom, basketball, parks, competitive comp package, attract good people, police staffing, police personnel, pop something between 911 and dispatch. We all basically said the same thing. But what I took from this, a lot of us really would like to see more community people. So with that said, Kate brought it up earlier, if I were the city council and looked at this, because these will stay up, they're gonna roll them up, they're gonna stay up. We've got, they're gonna keep pictures of this for us. We now know that the majority of us as community people would really like to see more police officers on the street, more police officers in the parks or walking around or on, right? Proactive rather than reactive? Yes. Okay. But we all came silently to a consensus in less than five minutes that that's what we would like to see in our community. Uh, it took seven. You what? It took seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> so now, even though there's lots over here, and two of them are mine, but that's just where they ended up. See what what not Kenny, Kenny's is the same thing, but he has police salaries, equipment, and tech. So which all dealt with that, but higher higher salaries, so that we can attract the attract the. So see, this yeah. is this is salaries and people. So I put you over here in training, um, because it was technology provide, mine says upgrade technology and provide training right. because I found yeah. those to go together. They do, yeah. So I'm happy with it being under training. Provide safety equipment. It's under training. Correct. That's where it ended up. Um, because I don't need a separate category for that. Okay. So here's, here's training. And then guess what's down here? Programming is basically, you want more traffic monitoring, you want more trail monitoring, and more traffic enforcement. It's kind of saying the same thing. You want more people looking at what might be going wrong and being proactive. Is everybody happy with that sheet? Insightful. There's another, there's another one, I mean, that stands out to me. We'll come back to code enforcement. But the other big thing that came out of here for me was how many of us wanted something done in our parks and how many of us really considered administration and capital assets um, important. Let's start with parks. We've got four circles up here. So this is vegetation management, but you think of those words over here like you did. What is this? So it's maintenance. This is also, once again, this is safety. So it overlaps. The, all of this right here is overlaps. So this part. Well, you have building, and building equipment maintenance and, and grounds and trees maintenance. 
So this could be maintenance to vegetation. I still made it. T-E-N-A-N-C-E. There's an I-A. This is vegetation. Yeah. That's camera and lighting. Cameras and lighting. Cameras. That would be security. It's the same, but it's safety, but there are two things here. Safety. It's physical safety and visual safety. Yeah. And then um, equipment maintenance, I guess. The building it's, like, it's like parts of upgraded. Really good. Okay, so, Access. so let's read them. So up here, vegetation <coughs> maintenance, there's three of them, right? Three of us said, get the goats. Right, line of sight management. Thank you, Aaron, for bringing that to our attention. That we could really use that in our community to cut down on a lot of things, and that at least three of us thought measure you money could be spent towards that. So here's another one we just kind of park safety, but it says park safety, um, eyes on people, lights. That was Kenny's. There's three of them here. So it's park safety, um, lights. You have safe parks. Safe trails, park rangers. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. You're a doctor, aren't you? Anyway, Can't more patrolling. So here we have more patrolling over here, but a lot of this really has to do. You see this safety matches one of those over there, really, right? The type yeah. of safety people that we're looking for. We're looking for a lot of them to walk, the, you know, sidewalks, hang out with the kids. Same thing here: safe trails, safe parks, monitoring. Over here, you got the security. You got cameras, people counters, establishing community cameras, lighting, cameras to catch um, the vandals, trail, trail and traffic counters. Park enhancements, playground replacement, equipment replacement, I'm assuming, promote good visitors to the parks, state playgrounds, usable restrooms. As you can see, there's a lot of overlap in here. Would you say that? Mm -hmm. But that's how, in, in uh, some of it, I mean, if I really want to get in the minutia, we, we combine some of them and ask, you know, what does that mean? Does it mean the same as this? Can we combine these two together? And you'd end up with, you know, five or six that basically honed in exactly what it, what it is that this room thought of for the day. So basically, we all want our parks back. We want them to be safe. We want them to be well lit. We want the bathrooms taken care of. Um, we want vegetation. Daily inspection. Daily inspection. So you know, have a maintenance person go and drive through the park. And just I think they actually do it like five times a day. But well, that's what it says. It was daily inspections. Anyway, so does anybody have any questions about this? Are they satisfied with just kind of that's really all? We all want our parks back in shape. Do we all think that measure new money is considered safety for the public for that use? It seemed like a lot of us did. 
I'm really surprised at to the extent of how everybody said we want more, right? Would you have thought that? Uh, of course I did. Yeah. We did this two years ago, and that was on the ballot measure. So yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. So the next one, uh, the next one here. Let's go through administration, finance, HR, clerk, and IT. There was a lot of IT, and of course it's spread around, but there it's over there, it's here, it's the cameras, it's the lighting, it's making sure everybody's trained on it, but you have um, a complaint management system, you have making sure that all of the IT is updated for the police and fire, Please parks and rec upgrade all the technology. So that's you know that's a lot of IT dollars, but everybody seemed to want that. And this one has like three of them on it. It's a marketing commercial. Yes. So um, this is all staffing, and this was the support staff. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of us. Said have a, you know I said have a dedicated person to work on Measure U if it makes sense. You know I know a lot of it has fall fall on roof. Maybe we need to do that. Um, hire employees for staff, health administration, support staff. You get the, you get the picture. You know that that was important. Streets. Linda, something on there are my three where I do not. Several of my comments are where I do not think the money should be spent. And I don't. I know that that's probably not a positive yeah, thing for. For example, a, a generic administrative assistant. No, I don't think that's Measure U. Put in context of a Measure U person who will work. It's a completely different. So. Uh, yeah. So the the task was to put something in writing that you thought Measure U money could be spent on. If if it's something that you don't think it is, it didn't it didn't necessarily fit up here in the exercise for today. It's valuable information and certainly worth you know the input in an email to the city council or you know through the committee. Thank and, you. Yeah. So um, you know now we're getting down to some smaller thoughts, but they're still thoughts. You know of one and two. You know over here, right tree in the right place. Uh, replace trees. Um, How can you all read those numbers? Yeah, I'm trying. Undergrowth. See, this one would be this one would be the, the goats. Okay, right tree, right place. And you know, frankly, these could probably go, you know, with the parks and the safety and the trees. But it's not just parks. It's like Don said, the tree people, you know, are everywhere. So. We wanted to leave them on the trees. And that was a huge category two years ago. Huge. And look at all the progress that we've exactly. made. And now it's only three comments. I mean, it was a huge covered. But covered. it's also That's something, good. if we were asked today, do we want to continue to fund it? Yes. And right. same thing as we asked here, capital assets, really what it boiled down to. Look how many it says continue to fund. Continue to make sure that our buildings are safe. Um, the facilities, the police, the fire, city, faculty expansion to support the personnel, roof repairs, um, building and vehicles, vehicle um, equipment. I just said continue funding capital assets as needed. 
that's really because that's you know whether it's the building whether it's the fleet equipment or facilities it's needed and we didn't have any money for a long time so code enforcement we'll go over this one and when you can be done that's a sewer page so code enforcement once again it's an overlap you have um blight enforcement homeless issues Streets create um, clearing alleyways, problem-oriented code enforcement programs, in other words, make sure, and public safety. So it's all about um, making sure code enforcement is probably following up on what, you know, the police staffing, the programs and the staffing of the police. It's, you know, it really is about I, I think what I've taken away from today, um, making sure that we have enough staff that's well-rounded, you know, competitive packages, staff that's well-rounded as opposed to just a traditional policing force that maybe we're looking for more people. Um, you know, maybe even with the fire department where you bring that little firehouse back, right? Visiting the schools. I so mean, a lot of this stuff is because of the fire. It doesn't have a lot on us because I think we're in a limbo. We don't know really what direction we're going. Well, and that's not, you know, well, it's not for us, for us but, today, but, but I understand that's why. But it was, that was, uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll speak up on this. That was kind of what, what we thought this was going to be about was whether or not we believe the community wanted one, the 1% one to go towards outsourcing a fire department, um, not not this. And, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, I hate to bring an air of dissent to it, but I was under the impression that was an area we were going to go with this, and we're not. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not following, but, I mean, the question, uh, this is a workshop for the entire measure view, which is, Safety dollars for the public. Well, what got this started? What got this started was because I raised a concern in the last meeting about whether or not measured view dollars were intended to go towards outsourcing our fire department to Cal Fire. That's what got this started. Kay and I got on that bandwagon, and so we we scheduled this workshop. That's what got this started. So I was under the impression that the workshop is really, once again, for the purpose of what measure view dollars are going to be spent for over, over the years. And it's not all slated for fire. I understand it. I understand it. But the issue facing the city right now, the big one, that actually went back to the 1% had to do with that issue. When when Measure U came up, it was about about saving police and fire because we had just gone through facing having our departments outsourced again, and the community raised up and they were outraged about it. All right, Measure R got voted down. Now we come to Measure U, and and that literally, in fact, I think Billy even made a statement that this would save our fire department and our police department. So the question falls. Did the city or did the community members vote in Measure U to have our department outsourced? I don't believe it applies. I don't believe we should be doing that. And I don't, I've never heard anyone say to me, other than 
retired Chief Brown in the last city council meeting, other than him, I've not heard one person say we should do that. The whole community is against doing it. And that's what I thought this was supposed to be about today. So we can certainly talk about that another time, but that's not the decisions that we're making here as, as committee members. And even though I was the mayor during that time, Measure U was passed as a general tax. And I don't I know believe, what it was passed for. I voted for it. And I believe our community is better Stay off because of it. And you know, when the city has had zero, zero money for so many years. I understand that. The I, amount I've of money been that involved it takes, with the city of my speaking. I'm speaking, please. When the, when the city is now in a place to move forward, but it has had how many years of lack of repair and, and lack of growth, um, I don't know, It's and I'm not in the decision-making seat anymore, what the best decision is, that's left up to the council. And all we're to do is to make recommendations. And and I think it's also it's like when you it's kind of like the technology. When you bought technology ten years even ten years ago, you thought it was going to be the best and you weren't going to have to replace it for 15, 20 years. You know, what's happening with technology is it has to be replaced over and over now, or we're not going to be competitive. And I don't know if the fire department or the police department is up to snuff on that stuff, and it's not for us to decide today. We are making recommendations for what the community as a whole would like to see. Those dollars spent on. I would also like to voice that it is also my role I of reading the bylaws is to look at where the money is being spent in the, the list that, that Ruth did mm -hmm. and voice an opinion where I do not think it's appropriate. Okay. Again, I agree, Mr. Malone, it's my recommendation, but my recommendation is coming from a lot, talking to a lot of people in this community. So, I understand it might not be for today, but the issue of looking at and recommending to council an opinion on how the money has been spent up to March of 21, there should be an opportunity to voice, yeah, I'm not sure that really applied. So, okay, with the blue ones, they're separately circled, the ones with the knots on them, and those are going to be notated as in a report, I think, Don was going to work on it. Okay. And so it's going to be no, nothing on here is going to come up missing. And it's going to be notated. Yes. Right. And talking with KSG to listen to what they're saying, uh, I think what they're looking for is for this committee to say yes or no, is it appropriate to spend measuring U dollars to change from local to Cal Fire? If we, if they would like to do that, uh, is there a way they can do that? We have a special meeting or put on an agenda for next meeting and vote as a committee so we can provide direction to the council that we think it is or is not appropriate to spend that money. So providing direction and giving recommendations are two different things. And if an individual tax, tax voter 
voter has an opinion, but this committee is not the committee that's designed to make the recommendation or make a direction to tell the council yes or no. That's not what we're designed for. We're an oversight committee. And as I see it personally. I want to read from the bylaws, please. Re, um, provide recommendation to city council on whether revenues were collected, which obviously they're collected appropriately, and expended as approved in an effective and efficient manner. Right. There could possibly be a couple people that do not believe that the revenues are being expended in an effective manner. Right. Well, you're so, making an assumption, though, that the revenues have been expended. There has been no expenditure of these revenues for which your uh, your concern is about at this point. I mean, that well, I don't what, I don't hear right. Kay saying it that way. What I'm saying is she she's she's. There is a potential that they will be spent. Go ahead. But I mean, the bylaws you quoted said expenditure. It didn't say the potential of an expenditure. It said expenditure. So, so, so my question to that though would be then what, what does that mean? Does that mean if we wait till, till it's done and say, okay, well, we don't agree that it was proper expenditure, but then it's too late anyway. Well, then that's what that's where oversight is because the oversight is, okay, this occurred, you know, it shouldn't have occurred, and then that's where the oversight committee would report back to the community and the council which they should already be aware of one thing, that this was inappropriately an, an inappropriate expenditure, you believe, of these dollars. How about proposed programs to be funded? That sounds like a future. You didn't read that part. All right, I'll read it now. Reviews. Oh, you didn't read it to me. I don't believe what you said. Okay. So, okay. Certainly, and it's, it's up here. It's up here that you put that up here. Mm -hmm. I guess for me personally is when I look at this as a community um, question that and sitting in the, the, the seat of a council member that you have to make a decision on what's best for the community at whole. And with everything that we've been through over the past eight years, if not more, um, I I can't even when I was a, a new mayor and we had to lay out 44 people and Bill was there. It was just it was a trauma that you can't even imagine. You cannot put a name. You cannot put a face. You can't. You have to. You have to just look at what we had to do. And at this moment in time, it's like, for me, I would look at proposition B, you know, I would look at proposal A, and I'd look at proposal B, and I would not put a name to it, and I would not put an entity to it. I would say what is best for the community as, as a whole. And that's how I would, I would make the decision if I were in these shoes. I'm not. Um, I can't. But I remember being there. I can't, you can't get married to one hill or the other. And you can't make it the hill you're going to die on because there's going to be another one next week and another one next week. And it really is a um, difficult decision. And I, I am grateful it's not me right now. But, um, and I understand 
the connection, but sometimes you just have to say what's best, what's the safest avenue at this moment in time for the public as a whole. And that's unfortunately how, how you have to look at it when you're in that seat. With that, is there any other questions? Because we need to wrap it up. We're past time. It's 12.22. All of this will be um, probably rolled up in one, and then they will put it into a thought process. I'm assuming it will get back to us in some form of an email so we can all see the work that we've done today. And I'm sure the council will chew on it. Kay, if you would like to make a presentation to the council when this is all done, um, I'm sure they would be grateful for that. I don't need to be the one. All right, this meeting is adjourned.